Welcome to our 2021 Eschatology Series. We're in the process of unfolding the power of prophecy. Eschatology is simply a part of critical theology concerned with final events of past, present, and future that have been foretold in the Old and New Testament prophecies, particularly in the book of Revelation. It depicts the ultimate destiny of humanity while revealing the fulfilled prophetic events of Jesus Christ. This concept is commonly referred to as the end of the world or the end times. The word arises from the Greek eschatos, meaning last, and of course ology means the study of. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, and I will be your teacher for today. The number we're on is 54 in our series. The title is Blessed Are the Dead in Christ. Many Christians today get confused over this statement mentioned in the book of Revelation, but actually it's quite simple. Part of our talk, we're going to be dealing with the perseverance of the saints We're going to discover how critical it is for these persevering saints to confirm their authentic indwelling life with Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about those dead in Christ. There are three primary elements stated in Revelation that will help us understand the dead in Christ. The term in Christ is what we're going to be focusing upon. Those truly, authentically indwelt by Jesus Christ will show evidence through keeping God's commandments, living by Christ's faith within you, and literally releasing the deeds of Jesus Christ in your daily living. We're going to move on and talk about death produces dust and life, or at least it should. But we're also going to talk about the reality how Death produces damnation for many of those who refuted Jesus throughout the ages. Time on earth is short, that's for sure. All must agree with that simple fact. Life on earth has one simple reason. God is gathering bridal members for his son. Hebrew requires it. Contrary to popular culture, it isn't about being happy or enjoying life. That's what we call the Mimi Gospel. It is the testing period of the elect. I often use the example of corralling sheep. Once all sheep are in the corral and the master notices many goats who infiltrated into the herd. He then handpicks the sheep who are worthy of his choosing. The chosen sheep go with the master, and the remaining goats go to the slaughterhouse. We're going to detail that out in our message today, and we hope that you stay with us and continue to learn more and more about the book of Revelation and how critical it is. And the final challenge that Jesus Christ gives the earth dwellers. Let's get started.
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. If my people will humble themselves and pray, return to me, and I will return to you. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Return to me, and I will return to you. I'll give you a heart to know me, and I will be your God. If my people will humble themselves and pray, as your people. We have turned and walked away. Yes, we have from the truth, from the light, from the way. We confess we have failed. We humble our hearts today. Will you hear from heaven? Forgive our sin and heal our land. As your people, we humble ourselves and pray. You said, "Return to me, and I will return to you. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Return to me, and I will return to you." You a heart to know me, and I will be your God. If my people will humble themselves and pray, we cry out to you. We cry. Out Said, return to me, and I 
will return to you. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Return to me, and I will return to you. I'll give you a heart to know me, and I will be your God. If my people will humble themselves and pray. If my people will humble themselves and pray, if my people humble themselves and pray and pray, it's right where you are. Lift your voice. Begin to cry out to God. Come and heal our land. Oh, have mercy on us, God. Cry out to Him. Come and heal our land, Lord. Have mercy on us. We cry out to You. We cry out to You. Sing it, Lord. Have mercy on Your people. We humble ourselves and pray. From our wicked ways, Lord, have mercy on our nation. Forgive us of our sin. Revive our hearts again. We return to you. We return to you. Yes, we return. We return to you. Yes, we do. We return to you. We return to you. We return to you. Yes, oh yes, we do.
We are on number 54 in the Eschatology series for 2021. Today's message is called The Dead in Christ. Let's take a look at our scripture for today. We'll be teaching from Revelation chapter 14 verses 12 and 13. It says, Here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow with them. Well, let's take a look at those persevering saints. In my studies, I consider this the most important and pivotal, not-so-hidden message within the book of Revelation's walls. Warning, though, this teaching will not sit well with those who hide behind the modality of Christ's following. The proclamation of the perseverance of the saints delivers the most important and confirmative doctrines in the Holy Scriptures. First, it confirms the fourth element of the elect that endure to the end. Well, in Hebrews 3, 4, it says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. And then that scary verse in Mark 13, 13, when it says, You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Hatred is needed for the final test of enduring to the end. By passing this test, individuals are placed under the category of the perseverance of the saints. Some may think that they are secure in their salvation because they pass the test of love. Fact is, this is not true. If that were the case, dogs would go to heaven. There are actually four elements to prove authentic salvation. Let's take a look at them. The four proof points of salvation. Number one, you shall know them by their love. That's right out of 1 John 4, 8. Number two, those who keep his commandments. And that is out of 1 John 3, 4. And then three, it says, you shall know them by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew seven twenty. And the fourth one, those who endure to the end shall be saved. And that's Matthew thirteen thirteen. The evidence of each manifesting in an authentic believer is daily demonstrated in conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and perseverance. This is told to us in 2 Timothy 3.10. Secondly, all four must be by way of the Holy Spirit doing the doing in the believer. Thus, Indwelling salvation is required. All four proof points are needed. For example, if the first two are qualified, any human who obeys the rules and loves others 
can be in bondage to the law, unsaved. Your average lost soul can love and keep the rules. However, you can't fake fruit of the Holy Spirit. And most importantly, endurance to the end is impossible without the indwelling life. Now let's review the dead in Christ. If you're one of those believers who minimizes the four elements because of grace, think again. In this passage, the believers stated are the real deal. Those who kept the focus of our passage. Who have been impacted by the life of Jesus Christ by keeping his commandments, walking in his faith, and producing deeds that are literally from the life of Christ. Remembering there are two ways to keep these proof points intact. The first is by the law. And the second is by the Spirit of the Lord. The latter requires being indwelt by the one, that's Jesus, who fulfilled the law. Well, in our passage, the believers stated are the precious children of God who died the first death, with the fulfillment of the four proof points of authentic salvation. Their souls and spirits were brought unto the domain of God, and placed in waiting for the day of the wedding feast, which is mentioned in Revelation 19.9. At present, the righteous that are dead are joyful and well cared for. They are at peace and are resting until the day their works in Christ will be rewarded. Judgment Day. The dead in Christ are with the Lord now. They will remain with him until their fellow bridal members join them on the day of the rapture. By the time of the rapture, the whole of Christ's bride will only be in waiting for the completion of the Antichrist, which is called the Great Tribulation, which, by the way, is like seven minutes according to God's timeline. After this short period... At the end of the tribulation, the false prophet, the beast, and their followers are judged and sent to hell. On the first moment of God's day of wrath or judgment, their bride will return to earth to assist the groom with the judgment process. We'll talk more about that later in chapter 20. Do not fear. While authentic bridal members will see friends and loved ones lined up for damnation, the elect will have perfect peace. However, if you are troubled about going to the grave, you still have time to receive Christ and fulfill the four proof points in Christ. Let's review the death produces dust and life. Examine the 90-10 principle for a moment. According to Hebrew tithing principles, God extracts 10% for himself. In most cases, 90%, death produces dust and damnation. Biblical facts reveal that the few are chosen and few are saved. Solomon was given a profound insight regarding our passage today. He said these words, Remember him before the silver cord is broken, 
and the golden bowl is crushed, the pitcher by the well is shattered, and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. That's out of Ecclesiastes 12, verses 6 and 7. The silver cord is the connection between human life and the existence of God. The golden bowl, according to the organic Hebrew, is, quote, pure oil from the spring of God. The term cord is broken, a Hebrew time stamp of limited time. Most theologians related to man's fall and separation from God in the garden. However, in this passage, God's meaning has allotted a given time for humans to connect with God for eternity. And once this is over, well, it's over. When the time stamp is fulfilled, the earth will return to dust. Along with the refuters of God, further revealing God will crush, shatter all earthly kingdoms and non-elect people. Secondly, those who maintain their connection to God via the four proved points of salvation, their spirits will return to God. Here's a fact for you. From the moment you close your eyes upon death in a blink, you will open your eyes to the kingdom of God. For the damned, unsaved, they will open their spiritual eyes to the domain of darkness. Both will meet their king face to face. That's how quick things are going to happen. The first death is never the end. It is the beginning of life eternal, either by way of darkness or eternal light, life. Thus this shadow of death will not be upon authentic believers at the point of their departure. There is no darkness where Jesus is, not one shadow. And if your fear of death is so predominant, then you have yet to experience the perfect love of God. Read more about that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. This either means you are not truly saved, or you need a little more working out of your salvation in order to embrace the true love of God in death's process. Let's review that time on earth is short. Our time on earth is short because... 6,000 years to man is simply six days to God. That is not a long period of time for him. Life on earth is for one simple reason. God is gathering bridal members for his son. Hebrew law requires it. Contrary to popular culture, it isn't about being happy or enjoying life. That's called the Mimi Gospel. It is the testing period of the elect. I often use the example of corralling sheep. Once all sheep are in the corral, the master notices many goats who infiltrated the herd. He then handpicks the sheep who are worthy of his choosing. The chosen sheep go with the master, and the remaining goats go to the slaughterhouse. Yes, 
It is that simple. This may sound like God is selfish and rude. Well, he is self-directed, and he is about his business, as Jesus said. But he is not rude. He is the creator, and his divine reasons in creating humanity are his business, not ours. If humanity does not step into his eternal plan, convert, be transformed into a sheep, well, honestly, they lose in the end. Let's take a look at our conclusion. In our passage, Jesus is presenting only those who persevered to the end, sheep worthy of the picking, thus calling them saints, which means identity reflection of sacred, pure, and blameless people. Secondly, he is separating goats, fake believers from those who keep the commandments of his God, his sheep. As he stated, I will separate the goats from the sheep, the fake from the real. Since Jesus is the Lamb of God, his bridal members must be sheep, not goats. Finally, acknowledging the golden key of perseverance is done by faith. Faith in the manifestation of the faith of Jesus Christ within the elect. So you see, it's not really our faith that causes this or gives us strength to endure to the end. It is literally the faith of Christ because the personhood of Jesus Christ lives within an elected sheep. Goats carry all the same characteristics of sheep, except for the bent toward independence, stubbornness, and rebellion. They cannot be mastered. Because of the four elements stated in verse 12, he states this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. The end within this passage reveals the people of the indwelling life of Christ, those who pass the test of being authentic sheep. The conclusion given to us in verse 13 is rest. Rest from our labors. Another key factor to keep in mind is a reference to our deeds follow us to our grave and beyond. This doctrine works for the saved as well as the unsaved. The deeds of darkness, those who refuted Jesus, will pay the penalty of those deeds. Our deeds that are in Christ Jesus will simply be rewarded. Those who were loyal to the deeds of darkness go to hell. Those who were loyal to the deeds of their husband who lived within them go to heaven. Here's a final challenge for you. Avoid such believers who de-emphasize deeds. Revelation is our final warning and cementation of important final doctrines that pave the way to authentic sainthood. 191 verses emphasizes deeds in the Word of God. Almost all of them are prophetic. The issue becomes, 
Are the deeds by way of the law or the fulfilled law through Jesus Christ? This is why John was given the words to write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Coming up next in number 55, it's called the Battle of Blood. Our passage for the next message is out of Revelation 14, verses 14 through 20. And it says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and sitting on the cloud was one like a son of man, having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, crying out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud. Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, because the harvest of the earth is ripe. Then he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, the one who has power over fire, came out from the altar, and he called with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Put in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, because her grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle to the earth and gathered the clusters from the vine of the earth, and threw them into the great wine press of the wrath of God. And the wine press was trodden outside the city, and blood came out from the wine press up to the horse's bridles for a distance of 200 miles. This passage is very powerful and it's revealing one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wars that have ever been on the presence of the earth. It's called Armageddon. We're going to start discussing those details of that big battle, so we hope that you stay with us as we unfold the power of prophecy. Until next time.